over the last few years, I'm really working on building up my boundaries and, and realizing that like not every problem is mine to solve. And I also have to trust the people in my life to come to me and talk to me when something's going on and not, not always be like, oh, I wonder if this person's okay, I'm gonna reach out or, oh, I wonder if I could help this person in this way, you know, and just, you know, trust the people in my life to ask for help too. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Don't know why I'm starting this like we're pen pals. Um, <laughs> um, I actually miss having a pen pal. But anyways, um, I'm really excited for this episode of Empowered Spirituality because I am talking to my friend Allie all about people pleasing. And this is seriously something that I'm working through right now on my own and in therapy and in this episode, I guess, <laughs> um, Allie gave me basically like a coaching session about people pleasing and I recorded it. That's really what this interview is. Uh, but yeah, people pleasing is something that I definitely really identified with um, when I was younger um, since since I can remember, I was constant. I mean, you know, that's, that's trauma for you, but, um, yeah, people pleasing has just been such a big part of my identity. And I used to actually think it was a good thing. I would wear the label people pleaser and people pleasing as like a badge of honor. Um, which is really interesting to think about now because it is something that I, you know, I dislike It's something that I dislike. And I was telling Allie this in the episode, but I really have been reflecting. Uh, I really love IFS and parts work. And I've been trying to connect with this people pleaser self part. Um, it, Cause it really feels like, you know, my people pleaser is just in the bus with me. And then all of a sudden she, something just happens to her. She gets scared. I suppose she comes up and she just yanks that wheel. And like, we go flying in another direction. And I'm like, I'm frozen. She's, she's in control. She's taking me wherever she wants to go or wherever someone else wants her to go. Um, and then I'm left being like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And that's really what it feels like. It feels like a whirlwind, like, like she's just doing whatever she wants. And I'm kind of, I'm, I have no say in the matter and how interesting that is. And yes, that's definitely wrapped up in trauma and, and the fawn response, which we talk a little bit about. Um, honestly, this probably needs a part two because I, yeah, there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah. And I think as I'm saying this and I have therapy on, uh, actually yesterday when this comes out, um, I have therapy soon, uh, and I'm definitely going to talk about this, but, um, yeah, having compassion for that people pleasing part is probably something that could, uh, stand to have some thinking about, um, because our people pleasing parts come from a part of us that wants 
other people to be happy that wants um, to be loved themselves. And we are taught that the way to be loved is to be as lovable as possible. Um, and how sad it is that that people pleasing part doesn't feel lovable. She feels like she has to hustle for her lovability, <laughs> her lovableness, her worthiness. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Dang, what a good session. <laughs> what a good episode. <laughs> so Allie and I talk about people pleasing. Obviously, we talk about our journeys with people pleasing and what that's looked like in our life. We talk about authenticity. For those of you who don't know, I talked about it a lot last year. My word of the year last year was authenticity. So authenticity is something that has definitely been on my radar and something I've been thinking about. So I love that we kind of weave in authenticity with people-pleasing. We talk about people-pleasing recovery. We also talk about how to get into our intuition. So um, really great thing to listen to after the episode with Kelly Driscoll, where we talk about intuition. It's also a really good follow-up to last week's episode with Mara, where we talk about how to get in touch with our needs and wants and how we can meet them. And so I think this is kind of a really cool follow-up that I totally planned this way. Just kidding. I did not. Um, uh, to identifying our needs and wants, people pleaser, people pleasing tendencies is kind of like a barrier between meeting our own needs and wants. Uh, so I like that we kind of were able to dive into that a little bit more. Um, yeah, she gives us a tip on how we can start our own people pleaser recovery. And of course, this is kind of her area of expertise. So if you want to dive in deeper with her, um, I highly recommend it. All of her information is in the show notes. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Allie, who is a life coach and community leader in the Denver area in the United States. In her coaching business, she helps her clients uncover their true, authentic selves. She also hosts monthly new moon workshops and retreats. As the leader of Beauty Boost in Denver, she strives to provide a beautiful container for women to connect, build their businesses, and show up authentically. You can also learn about Allie on her website or check her out on Instagram, and both of those things are linked in the show notes. Enjoy! So I have had painful periods and cycles and incredibly heavy periods since I first started my period. And being a certified health coach and having so many talented menstrual health experts in my network has allowed me to use food as medicine and create lifestyle changes to improve my cycle, but I still suffer every month with pain before and during my period and even pain with ovulation, and I still have a pretty heavy flow. And that is where Elix comes in. Their cycle balance tincture is actually personalized just for you. So mine all say Samantha in handwritten lettering on the side of the bottle. And they include a tailored blend of medicinal herbs to holistically support menstrual symptoms by treating the underlying imbalances. And in fact, 93% of users have reported reductions in symptoms such as cramps, 
heavy bleeding, mood swings, irregular cycles, bloating, fatigue, anxiety and stress, migraines, PMS, and actually many more. I have already seen an incredible decrease in my pain and even if in my flow, something I thought I would just have to live with for the rest of my life. And I've even been experiencing less fatigue and fewer mood swings. So thank goddess for that. <laughs> and if you want to try this out and take the assessment and order your first bottle, you can use the code SamanthaN20 and you can get 20% off of your first order. If you use the code SamanthaN20, you'll do this at elixhealing.com or you can just use the link in the show notes. empowered is a word that I really try to live by. Um, I would say, you know, feeling like I'm in control of my own definition of what spirituality is. Um, Because I think I've grown up with a lot of stigmas against spirituality in different forms. And so when I think about empowered spirituality, especially um, at my age, about the things that I've been through, the people I've met, um, I think it's just, yeah, my own definition and ability to celebrate that spirituality in whatever form I choose. Um, So for me, like spirituality is meditation, it's yoga, it's journaling, things like that. And things that, yeah, help, help me feel more myself. Mm, I love that. And I love that you said that um, a lot of that empowered spirituality is finding your own definition I think so many of us were given a definition of what spirituality has to look like or else you're doing it wrong. And I think we also see that even now, like maybe in the like more new agey space or even with like Instagram and TikTok, we feel like we have to do things right. Otherwise we're doing, or we're not spiritual enough or something. So I like, I like how you're kind of reclaiming it's whatever it means for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of us get into comparison mode with, with TikTok and Instagram and other social media. And you're right. Like there's, you know, somewhat of an ideal in certain spaces. And if you don't meet that ideal, it's like, yeah, am I, what am I, am I even spiritual? But yeah, I think like, like we've agreed, it's, it's kind of what, what's important to, to the each individual and how they want to celebrate it. Yeah. I love too. You said the empowered is a word that you try and live by. Um, Has that always been the case for you or what has that looked like for you? You know, I think it's more something I've adopted uh, recently with um, the community that I started running called the beauty boost. Um, So we're a community for women to feel empowered, healthy, and beautiful. And so once I heard that, you know, tagline feel empowered, healthy, and beautiful, I really started to look at that word and kind of what it means to me and try to do my best to not only empower myself, but to empower the people around me. Um, and, and that comes from, you know, leading by example, it comes from, you know, taking care of myself in a certain way um, and just sharing that and, and being open and vulnerable with my story. Um, but yeah, so I would say it's, it's definitely more of a recent thing. It might be something I've tried to do my whole life, but really didn't have the right word to define it. And so now that I've found that, you know, empowered definition, um, I really try to do my best to, to live by it every day. Yeah. Well, that's so beautiful. And I love that you mentioned the community side and how you've really tried for this your whole life and you can be empowered without community, of course, but 
there is something about finding people that will also empower you and you help to empower them that's so empowering for yourself as well. Yes, yes, it's definitely but involves a lot of collaboration on my end to to feel empowered and to help empower others. Mm, so, I agree. Yeah. I have always uh until recently thought that uh like self-care and self-work and being empowered was kind of like a one-person job where I wanted to be like you know like the self-made woman type thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it wasn't until the pandemic that I really learned that that's not true and we do need so many people and even the self-made people are certainly not (laughs) self-made. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think society too, like tries really hard, especially with women to kind of band us against each other and not really encourage us to collaborate and, and kind of make us feel like, oh, well, if they're a coach, like, should I be a coach? Because is there room for me? And like, I think empowering the women and people around me is making sure everybody knows that there's room for everyone. There's a piece of the pie for everyone and there's no need to feel so competitive or so scared and, and having that collaborative, you know, collective mindset is really going to bring just more, I think more abundance than scarcity, you know, if we can continue to, to keep that positive outlook. Yeah. I'm so surprised that I feel like abundance and scarcity has come up in every interview that I've done, which is really interesting. interesting. And it's always about different things like health and habits or community um, or kind of like ambitions, like you're saying, but there's so much abundance out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like that you're kind of saying we can all be empowered. There's an abundance of room for us all to be our empowered whole selves. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Okay. So (laughs) what we're going to mainly chat about is people pleasing, which is, my goodness, such a topic that I've held very close to me and talked about a lot and worked through a lot. And yeah, just, I have a lot of feelings about people pleasing. Um, Me too. So happy to chat about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I guess I'm sure people could intuit what people-pleasing means if they haven't ever heard of it. Um, And if they haven't heard of it, they're probably not (laughs) (laughs) people-pleasers. What does people-pleasing mean to you? Or how would you describe that? Yeah, so I would describe people-pleasing as doing things to appease others and not really taking into account how you personally feel about the situation or the, the, the favor someone's asking you to do or the job somebody's asking you to take, things like that. Um, It's really just kind of living your life and doing things based on how others view you even, or being afraid of like, what is my mom going to think if I don't become a doctor? She's always thought I'd be a doctor. So just like becoming a doctor for your mom and not for you. Oh yeah. I know. I think we, yeah, it's amazing to see how we've lived our lives for others as we progress into our lives. (laughs) Uh, and how it shows up in those big ways, like choosing what to do with your career, but also those little, little tiny things that take kind of like forever, your whole life to, to realize that you're doing those little things. Yeah. And absolutely. I was going to bring that up too, that it's not always this big gesture thing of, of, oh, I have to like, I'm doing this one thing for somebody. It can be tiny little micro decisions you make throughout the day to, you know, appease a partner or your boss or your, 
somebody you live with, you know, things like that, where it's so tiny that you don't really realize it until you do. And it's like, oh, wow, I've been people pleasing on this issue for so long. Um, Even if it's something as little as, you know, not saying anything, if your roommate leaves dishes in the sink, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. So I'm just going to let them be themselves. And I'm going to push aside my, you know, true wants. So I don't, you know, upset them. Like that's also people pleasing to me. Mm, And, you know, I was talking to someone in my personal life recently about how we can hold space for like being the, the idea of spirituality where you're like forgiving and mellow and it's fine. And I accept you. And also like holding people accountable. And so Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel like people pleasing can also show up in spirituality too. I don't know. That's a Mm -hmm. half formulated thought. What do you think? Yeah. I think people pleasing can show up in really any form in, in life and any topic really. So I totally agree with you that it it can definitely show up in spirituality. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to think about that a little more. Yeah. Um, One thing you said reminded me of fawning because I think part of my people pleasing yes is doing those things I don't really want to do. But part of it, I, I feel it in the moment happening where I'm changing my behavior kind of slightly where almost you might not even notice unless you knew me really well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was telling my partner too, that I feel like the people pleasing part of me is like this rogue part that sometimes just like yanks the wheel and is like, and takes us somewhere else. And then all of a sudden we're going somewhere and then logical part of me clicks back in. I'm like, Oh my God, what did she do? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't always feel like I have a firm grasp on people pleasing. It feels like it just kind of happens to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And if it's something that you've experienced for your whole life and you're kind of now realizing how deep rooted it is and working through it and make, like making you know, steps every day to, to stop people pleasing, then it makes sense that you would naturally divert to that in, in certain circumstances. And it kind of sounds almost like an alter ego that takes over and it's like then you are like oh wait oh no (laughs) like wait and I feel like I I can definitely um relate to that feeling too because I think sometimes if especially if I get caught up in a conversation with an old friend or somebody I haven't seen in a while or things like that it's like oh do you want to like go grab lunch sometime and I'm like yeah totally like let's pick something out next week and then we schedule a date and then it gets closer and then I'm like why did I agree to this like I don't even really like this person that much you know like what what made me say yes in that moment that now I'm like doubting that and so I I feel feel like it happens to me too yeah thank you for sharing that so that actually brings me to my next question I'm curious what your journey not just with people pleasing but maybe with people pleasing recovery has looked like yeah so I think I I'm still guilty of doing a little bit of people pleasing here and there. Um, a lot of the time it's very conscious though. And it's just, you know, for example, there's certain people in my life that um, are going to be in it forever and that it's not worth the fight with. So sometimes I just, I don't even want to say people please, but I just, you know, kind of do what will make that person happy um, just to make it easier Um, But that's like a very conscious decision and it's not every day, every decision in my life. I think a lot of it has been 
I feel like I'm a Pisces, a, a Pisces um, sun sign, a Pisces moon and a Sagittarius rising. And so I feel very deeply rooted in empathy a lot of the time with people and I can and really sit with people and, and understand where they're at. And so I think a lot of it comes from this like nurturing, empathetic nature of me just wanting to help everyone and taking on a lot more than I need to. And so over the last few years, I'm really working on building up my boundaries and, and realizing that like not every problem is mine to solve. And I also have to trust the people in my life to come to me and talk to me when something's going on and not, not always be like, oh, I wonder if this person's okay, I'm going to reach out or, oh, I wonder if I could help this person in this way, you know, and just, you know, trust the people in my life to ask for help too. Um, and so I think another instance of people pleasing would be, you know, I recently went through a big breakup and transition period of my life. And I think I did a few things throughout that breakup um, to people please my ex-partner to, to not hurt her feelings and things like that. Um, and so now I've, you know, kind of journaled a lot about that and, and, and said, you know, in the next dedicated partnership I step into, like there will be no people pleasing, <laughs> like it will all be a conversation. It will be compromises, of course, and it'll be a team effort, but I'm not, I don't want to people please to anybody, but especially to my romantic partner, um, just because it's, it's left me feeling, you know, to be honest, a little resentful. And I don't want, I don't want to, to feel that way um, going forward in my life and in my relationships. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing, first of all. And I totally hear you on the resentment part. I do that all the time and I do it less, but I will catch myself. I'll, I've overextended myself. I've done things that people haven't even asked me to do. They didn't even express that they wanted me to do that. And then the resentment kicks in of like, and after all I've done for you, this is what mm -hmm. you do. But it's like, it's so unfair because you never asked them to, or they never asked you to do that. So I love that you touched on the resentment piece. Yeah. And I think now I try to go into things and favors and, and nice gestures for people as a very genuine expression of my love and care for them without expecting anything in return, knowing that probably about 75% of the time it's, it's either going to go unnoticed or very minimally noticed. And that's okay because I'm doing it more for me now than I am for other people. I love giving thoughtful gifts. I love sending cards and, you know, bringing people things when I travel or like sending my niece postcards everywhere I travel. Like I, I, I love doing these nice things and I don't do it for any other reason. And so I think if, if it's also possible to shift the mindset from, you know, doing it for an external approval or like validation in any way to just shifting it internally and doing it for you, then like, that's all you can control anyway. And I think that just makes it, um, you know, less about people pleasing and more just about what makes you happy and fills your cup. Yes. I think you hit the nail on the head with the difference between doing something out of values or desire or intention, and then doing something with the expectation of getting external validation or rewards or a sense of mm -hmm. self. Um, and that's so tricky because 
sometimes I feel like they're so enmeshed, like they're both in there and, and yeah, it just takes so much work. And I absolutely hear you um, on that, like them kind of being intertwined in a lot of cases. And so sometimes if, you know, even though it makes you feel good, it's like, oh, I wish they would have acknowledged it still. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it is a delicate dance there. And and uh, the more you focus on yourself and what you can control, I think the, lo- the less what other people do and how they react is is important. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if oh. that's true for everyone, but that's, that's been my, my experience so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, that's, I mean, wow. <laughs> Why do you have to attack me like this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Definitely not, not intending any of that. <laughs> no, no, no. Just joking. Um, do you know your Enneagram number by chance? I'm an eight wing seven. Oh, really? I really thought you were going to say a two. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I'm an eight. I'm a challenger. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I haven't really deep dived too much into the Enneagram yet. Um but yeah, well that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I love what you said about how sometimes it's not worth the fight, but it's different from that fawning people pleasey type where you're doing it where that person's taking the wheel, it's a conscious decision. And so it sounds like a lot of your journey with people pleasing has been about being more intentional or more mindful and making really conscious choices. Uh, Is that true? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I'm actually wearing a bracelet that says the word intention because that's my word for 2023. Um, So definitely really trying to, with every interaction, with every you know, thing I say yes to or no to, to really think with intention behind it. Mm. So absolutely. I love that. And I just want to say everything you've been saying, the word I hear is intention. Like, (laughs) why am I doing this? What am I expecting from this? How do I feel doing this? So I feel like you're really doing a good job. Well, I appreciate that. I always appreciate acknowledgement. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I love that. So I'm curious, how did you start to, I guess, set those intentions or create that bit of pause or make those conscious decisions? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, it kind of started with, you know, COVID obviously, I think for, for a lot of people was kind of put, put a halt to your life. You know, that I was very, kind of overly busy social person before COVID. And then it, it really kind of allowed me to slow down and, and really just focus on what made me happy. And then going back into like, you know, civilization after COVID and kind of like resuming life somewhat normally, um, I feel like I got back into this very busy, you know, like, oh, well, let's hang out, but I can see you next month because I'm already booked this month kind of feeling. And it just kind of started feeling like not authentic and not what I wanted. And I would make all these plans and then it would get to the day of the plans. And I'd be like, I just want to relax. And so I got really tired of that. And so, you know, at the end of the year, last year, I really was just like, okay, I'm tired of, of this rush from a, like appointment to this, to, to this social thing, to work, to, you know, back and forth and, and always just being so busy and so that's really where the the inspiration for intentional came up. 
And then also as a dual business owner, I also work part-time as a nanny and I have a couple other jobs. Like I quit a full-time nanny job to now work five jobs and I'm way happier because I'm mostly working for myself. Um, but I just found myself like needing to slow down and be more intentional with my time. So I could wear all these different hats throughout the day and throughout the week and build these businesses and still, you know, be a present nanny and make awesome meals for my nanny family and still see my friends and work out. And so it's just, yeah, really been something I've learned through experience of, of really not being intentional with my time. And now, you know, also turning 35 this year, it's okay. Like I'm not getting any younger. So I feel more, not that my time is limited, but I just want to be very like, you know, not to overuse the word, but intentional with it. So. Oh my goodness. Well, first (laughs) of all, happy late birthday. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, And I feel like you're reading from my journal. Let's hang out because I'm busy this <laughs> month. We'll hang out next month. I'm overbooked, rushing yep. from thing to thing. Yeah, that's something I've definitely struggled with in waves in my life. And I think that's where a lot of my people pleasing comes in. I'll say yes to things. And it's like that automatic feels like my alter ego has said yes uh, instead of me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love that you decided to really be intentional with your time. And it does mean that you're going to have to do less somewhere probably, but it feels like it means that the things you're doing are more intentional and you're more, it feels more in integrity. It sounds like it is a full yes. It's not an obligated. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's one thing I'm really adopting as well this year is my attitude around making decisions. So what I use to decide whether or not I want to commit to something and be intentional with it is, is it a fuck yes? Because if it's not a fuck yes, it's probably a no. And so if I'm not super stoked about the activity or the commitment and knowing that sometimes if I'm just wanting to spend time with a friend and I don't really care what we do, like I might not be like, fuck yeah, I want to go you know, take a walk or whatever. Like I might want to do something more than that, but like, I just want to spend time with that person. So there are, you know, places where it might not be a fuck yes, but it's still a yes. Um, But generally if I'm talking about my own decisions, what I want to do with my life, my social life, you know, if if it's not a fuck yes, yeah, I'm probably not, not going to do it. I love that you made that distinction of like what needs to be a fuck yes. And what can just be like, uh, sure. (laughs) Cause yeah, Yeah. not everything in your life like when you go get gas, I'm sure <laughs> you're not like, fuck yeah, let's go spend however much money on gas. I'm so excited. Um, but I like that those big moments that are about your life should be a fuck. Yeah. So I love that distinction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, do I want to take this job? Like, mm. eh, like mm, then probably not. Yeah. Or do I want to go on this trip? You know, if there's like 400 reasons why you're like, Eh, about it then go somewhere else that you're like fuck yeah let's go you know here um I think it's just really important to listen to that intuition too and just and that usually can tell you right away like yes or no yeah so actually last week one of the things me and Mara talked about was how hard it can be for women especially but everyone to know what they what they want in the first place 
Um, so yeah. I'm wondering, what was that like for you to, to start to tap into your intuition and to start to even know what you wanted? Yeah, so I think for me, um, you know, especially after I got my human design chart um, done, or yeah, my human design read, I, I, I feel like my, my gut is very um, distinct, and it's always been very strong. I think as I've gotten older, I would say like in my mid twenties is when it really started to to feel very strong and knowing what, what career path I wanted to follow, what job I wanted to take, you know, moving out to Denver, I was very, very um, set on that and felt very good about that. And my, like my intuition was, was good about it. So I think it hasn't always been the case. I think I, I really just fought, fought it for a long time, but then as I started tuning in, and also paying more attention to like the mind body connection through exercise, yoga, you know, meditation, you know, journaling, all those, all those different ways to, to connect the mind and body a little bit. Um, I, I feel like it just comes in so strong now. And I, I do a lot of journaling to kind of figure out my thoughts and, and figure out what my intuition is trying to tell me. And I think that practice has been super helpful in, in learning how to trust and, and tune into that. Um, but, you know, I'll be vulnerable here for a minute that, you know, my gut feeling about my ex-partner was so good until about two weeks after we had already broken up. And so I'm kind of on this journey this year of retrusting myself and retrusting that intuition knowing that, you know, maybe it misled me a little or, you know, some, some, there was some disconnect there. And so, you know, I'm still working on trusting that and, and figuring out what, what now it's saying. And I do that a lot through like breath work. Um, I've been doing that pretty consistently through my healing journey. Um, I've also been, you know, giving myself space to connect and, and talk about things with other women um, and yeah, I mean, I think through, you know, coaching and, and holding space for others, it's also very healing and helps me, you know, when I feel like I've held up my end of the bargain and helped held space for somebody and helped them release things. It kind of helps to build that intuition and trust back in myself that I'm on the right path of being a coach and a healer and a community leader and that I should trust my gut and I, I do know what I'm doing. But yeah, I know that was kind of a long-winded answer to your question. But. <laughs> no, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love the emphasis on community. Um, and I totally feel you with coaching. There are so many times where, I don't know, it. it's so funny how this works. I will have gone through something and really processed something and reflected on something and then a couple of weeks later, a client will go through something really similar and it's, it like happens over and over and over and over again. So it's, it's just so funny how that happens. It is. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. And I love that you brought up the mind body connection too. Um, I think a lot of our intuition does at least mine, I won't speak for everyone. It sounds like yours too, does come from our bodies. Um, and I think part of me for getting into my intuition, I was so disconnected from my body. So yeah, my intuition was like buried under 
mounds of stuff, <laughs> mounds mm -hmm. of heavy anxiety or, or really checking out of my body. Um, and I think checking into your intuition can be overwhelming at first or can feel really hard at first. And I like that you mentioned that it's a practice, like it started in your mid twenties. And so it took maybe time to build and, um, yeah, you're kind of following where it guides you, but it, it gets stronger and stronger as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's probably a few people that are like, well, wait, I don't have any intuition. Like that's just not part of me. And I think everybody does. It's just, yeah, learning how to connect with it and, and listen to it and feel it. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that, you know, from people pleasing to, you know, distracting yourself with different, you know, TV or other things where, you know, or if you're just kind of in autopilot mode, where I think a lot of us live sometimes, you know, in different seasons, you know, you're just kind of like going through the motions and not really listening and, and giving yourself that time and space to kind of pay attention to what your body, what your heart is trying to tell you. And that's why I think, you know, journaling and meditation and, and things that allow you to slow down and really like, pour out your heart, whether it's, you know, through a journal or just sitting with yourself and, and allowing yourself to kind of feel the things and think the things, but then also sit, you know, in that meditative state and just allow yourself to process what, what you've been through and release it in, in different ways too. You know, I think breath work has been, like I said, very helpful for my healing journey. And I've been able to release a lot of pent up frustration and anger in our body. And so, yeah, it's, I think everything in life is a journey and there's never really a point where you're like, oh, I'm empowered or I'm finally spiritual now, or I'm finally authentic or not a people pleaser. Like these are all, we're all working towards things and, and there's never really a, for me, like, I don't really see a final goal for myself. Like I'm always going to be working every day to be like 1% better in some form. Yes. I love that. There's no threshold where you're healed or perfect or not a people pleaser anymore. Perfectly assertive, perfectly confident, you know, exactly what you want. Uh, it ebbs mm -hmm. and flows all the time. Yep. Mm. Yep. And yeah. And I think there's also pressure for healers and people in the spiritual space to, to feel fully healed or feel, you know, feel a certain way before they can guide others and hold space for others. And we're all on this journey of life and learning how to be empowered and spiritual and authentic. And so, yeah, just, I think everybody can give themselves a little grace and, and understand that, yeah, it, it will take time to get where you want to be. Oh, absolutely. Darn time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that wasn't the case. Uh, I hate when people say that it just takes time. I'm like, well, I don't love that. <laughs> I know. I don't have that much of it. It feel, It doesn't feel like I have that much of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not very patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So if you could give us a quick tip that you find works really well with clients or that has worked really well with yourself when you need to come back to your intuition, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. So if I really need to, to figure out uh, what I need to do about a situation or just, yeah, connect with with what I feel is right. I try to get outside for a walk. Um, and I try to be not connected to my phone, not listening to music, just 
allowing myself that 10, 15 minutes of time or space just to be with myself and really hear all the thoughts in my head and, and listen and even ask myself, like, what should I be doing in this moment? Um, or what do I need to be doing about this decision? And if I can't go on a walk, then I'll journal or I'll just sit with myself. Um, sometimes I'll make a list of like pros and cons um, of a situation if needed, um, just to kind of like lay it out on paper. But I think the important thing is to just really give yourself some time to think on it or, you know, write on it or take a walk. But just, yeah, sit with yourself and and really just try to listen. And it is going to be a practice. It's not going to be something where you sit with yourself and it's like you, you're talking to yourself all this whole time and your intuition is so enlightened and you, you leave with this scroll of things that, you know, your intuition is telling you, like, it's typically not the case and it's, it's going to be a practice and a journey, but yeah, getting outside, I think is my number one tip and just taking a walk. I love that. I love that. And that's so <laughs> doable. I think. Um, Absolutely. Well, oh my gosh, I feel like you gave so much wisdom and I could have pestered <laughs> you with at least 10 more questions <laughs> that were all personal, <laughs> not for any, and not for any listeners. Um, but I'm wondering, my last question is how can people work with you and how can people follow you and, and learn what you're up to? Yeah, well, so I am a life coach and I call myself an authenticity coach. So I really just want to help my clients live their most authentic life. Um, and that can come in a few forms. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching um, and I usually typically do three, six, three months, six months or year contracts. Um, and then I also host some retreats throughout the Colorado area and hopefully internationally um, starting next year. Uh, but my friend Mel and I, who is a mindset coach, um, we are planning a retreat in October in the Buena Vista area in Colorado. Um, so we don't quite have dates on that yet. But um, if you follow me on my social media, I'm mostly on Instagram at Authentic Alley Coaching. Um, I also have a TikTok, but, you know, full disclosure, it's not very um, exciting yet, but I am working on getting onto that platform. Um, and then I also own a community for women to feel empowered, healthy, and beautiful called the Beauty Boost. Um, I own the Denver, uh, the, the city of Denver, but we're also in 23 cities and counting across the United States. Um, so, you know, we're in LA, we're in Anchorage, Alaska, we're in a few cities in North Carolina, Ohio, Florida. Um, so yeah, if um, you're not in Denver and you can't check out my community specifically, I highly recommend checking out if there's a beauty boost near you. Um, but you can find me on Instagram for the beauty boost at the beauty boost underscore Denver. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I mean, I feel like you basically gave me a coaching call for this <laughs> well, that everyone can listen to. So we know you're good at it. We know you have a lot of wisdom to share. And I was actually able to uh, be at one of your retreats and do some breath work and your retreats seem amazing. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and and kind of share some of that wisdom. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And it's been an honor and a pleasure knowing you and working with you. You're mm -hmm. amazing at what you do as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, if anyone's looking for breath work, um, this girl's got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Empowered Spirituality. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean so much if you shared with a friend or gave it a rating or review so that it can reach even more people. If you want to connect further, perhaps you can consider joining the low-cost monthly membership for virtual new moon circles, weekly guided meditations, tarot pools, and a Discord community. You can find that at ko-fi.com slash bloomingwild, or you can visit my website, samanthanagel.com to work with me further.